we are not going to make it into the Olympics. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 141. Not sure there's going to be a 142, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we start off talking about ProScore, a new scoring system boasting accuracy and transparency. The potential sounds intriguing, but I can't help but wonder, is the real issue the score sheet or our difficulty in accepting losses? We're also talking about cheer in the Olympics and how we're not going this round, but I believe it's time for us to address the internal conflicts within our cheer community that I believe are hindering our chances at Olympic recognition. Lastly, I've got some valuable advice for time management and efficiency, especially when you don't have that much time at practice. But before we get into that, if you are new, welcome to the show where we are bringing cheer, education, and entertainment to both coaches and parents alike. And when we can, bridging the gap between the parents and the coaches. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcast. Quick shout out to Claire, who helps us stay on top of things on IG. Shout out to Jenny, who edits the pod. Shout out to my mother, love you, mom. Shout out to Sheila. Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, shout out to Mike, the lean, mean, coaching machine, shout out to Adam, Casey, shout out to Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop, be sure to check her out on IG, shout out to Lauren Clark, shout out to Bode, say hi to me, it's my birthday, Beal, shout out to Erica, Austin, and our newest supporter, World Class cheer again everything donated goes towards giving you a better listening experience so if you want to help support the show financially there is a link in the show notes but if you're looking for the best free way to support the show, the best free way is to share this podcast. Simply share it with another person who loves cheer just as much as you do. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there and asks the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more be more what's good i'm just gonna start off with this the cheer hangover is not real this week and i blame that on mm. us taking our trailer and camping for cheer so relaxing so life is good things are good i know me i have three competitions in a row because of the girls middle school so preparing for that this weekend and then vegas the following weekend but coming off of a great comp this weekend from pomona and yeah there we go and shout out to uh world-class cheer one of our new sponsors but that doesn't mean we're not going to be real right that's now that's true <laughs> yeah you can't buy us off whatever the case may be so yeah anyway 
But I did see the uh, email come through. It's like, you have a new supporter. So if you want to support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month, you can donate. Link in your description. And you can you can buy us off too, right? <laughs> 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 we'll say whatever you want. Oh, real quick, B, shout out to B Moore, who I remember specifically like, like last year. I think it was you. It could have been me. I can't actually remember. But I remember, I feel like it was you. But we talked about like the lighting in during the competition. And like how the like how we weren't fans of the lighting last year at the competition. Mm-hmm. They fixed the lighting. So shout out to the Let's Talk to Your Podcast. Because one of us said that. I'm not sure who it was, but one of us said that. And the warm-up room ran smoother on my end. But uh, anyway, B, what are your thoughts on the competition? Well, where do I start? There's so many things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I had talked to Akram at our showcase. And, you know, if you've listened to the pod for a long time, I've always said like the parent lineup is like a big thing. And I, it's like always like a work in progress type thing. So I had talked to him about that. And I will say, apparently, I roasted him last year on the parent lineup, which I mean, I guess I, he said I did. So that what ran so much smoother this time. You know, they had the little one, two, threes. And we had talked about that. And that was like, great, perfect. I feel like that parent lineup ran super easy, super good. There wasn't people saying, oh, we're in front of you and we're behind you and, you know, vice versa. They did a really good job at having, you know, someone in the entrance of the pit and someone at the exit of the pit and, you know, trying to get them out. They announced it like every other team that performed, which was great. So for me, that was like 100% turnaround change. And it was great. Like they should run like that all the time. I don't know if it's just me, but I and it's probably because they had the second hall for awards, but it definitely wasn't as crowded in the performance hall. So Mm -hmm. that was super nice. You know, there was no fire marshal rules of you were at max capacity or anything like that. I thought that was great. So, you know, performance hall for me, ran smooth. It looked good. What did you think about performance hall before I move on? I mean, it was basically the same as it was last year, like from a coach's perspective, minus the lights. So I like that the lights, like they had the house lights off and they just had like the stage lights. So Mm -hmm. I like that. I just feel like that just gives a more competition atmosphere when they do that. But yeah, everything ran like as far as the performance venue. Yeah, I don't have any. I thought it was good. I thought I definitely thought it was better than last year. Just just making that simple adjustment with the lights. The only thing is well, only happened on our first team. So I won't say this was a complaint all weekend. It happened with our first like two teams is as soon as we left the warm-up room we ran straight on stage and so maybe we were just taking our time too long like in the warm-up room like transitioning over but we like left the warm-up room and there's usually two three teams ahead of you and you kind of got to wait there for a little bit and so i was expecting that and we got there you know we do our whole thing we do our prayer and our hugs and our talks and our little this little ritual thing that we do just to kind of get the kids um like heart rates down and their minds focused right and you know that takes like five minutes to do all those things and so we ran onto the stage i was like i love you guys go and so they're the, you know i think my first team was senior black and they're like we were not ready we didn't do any of our stuff and da 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 and so but other than that we just got out of the warm-up room quicker after we learned that first time yeah in general yeah you know okay okay so let me ask you this question and the only reason i'm going to ask you this is because this is coming from a cheerleader's perspective so i kind of want to understand how this works before i say what the cheerleaders had said 
Cheer coaches, is your routine a hot mess? Okay, maybe not hot mess, but you know that if you're going to be competitive, you've got to figure out a way to get your routine cleaner. All right, well, my highly requested training, How to Clean Your Routine, is finally a digital course that you can purchase right now. So no more blah performances. Click the link in the show notes and get ready for crispy, clean routines. So Mm -hmm. behind stage, you know, there's like a space where they can, you know, huddle up before they like the team is announced. Was the space at this competition a little smaller, like from stage to like where they walk on? Yes and no. So they had a spot. So when you came in from the warm up room. There's plenty of space, you mm-hmm. know, more, you know, average space like you're used to at a competition. But then it depends on who was like working the the backstage. Mm-hmm. Some of those backstage people wanted you to get up on the stage immediately. Okay. So then you had to stand in a really, really tight spot. So you're like basically in a single file line waiting mm-hmm. for you to go on. Some of them didn't. It didn't really matter to them. And they let you hang out downstairs like before you walked on stage or you had plenty of room. Okay. So I could see how like if on a particular day you had that particular person who was like okay get on stage i didn't like them hanging up up on stage and like i like them hanging down with me uh-huh. and then walking on stage before they get on you know before they get onto the competition floor so yeah if that happened to a particular athlete or a particular team where they had to wait there then yeah i am really yeah. i'm not a big fan of that okay yeah because i I mean, I've never been backstage before, so I don't under I don't see or understand it. And one of my girls, leave it to one of my girls, I had asked them after day one, like how the competition, like, are they enjoying the competition? How do they like it? And they had said, I love it. It's a good competition. And they said that the warm up rooms were better this year. So what that means, I don't know. But they said the warm up rooms are way better this year. And but there's not that much space to stand before they announce your name. So mm-hmm. I was just like curious. So now when you say that, like it depends on what person they have that totally makes sense so they must yeah. have just had the saturday where they had someone like right they made them be like right there okay so awards <laughs> let's talk awards i was a little confused at how they did awards so maybe you can explain it to me i thought it was great that they were in another hall and the hall wasn't like 10 miles away you know it was just mm-hmm. a, just right across like the courtyard basically that was super nice i loved that it wasn't in performance hall so shout out to akram for making that happen i think think that like broke up the congestion in the form the performance hall and I thought it was way easier way nicer I know our awards were the last awards of the night and they ran kind of late and I was like Ugh, seriously come on but things happen I get it it's no big deal I think I probably felt that just because we had to haul the trailer you know two mm-hmm. and a half hours home and that's just life you know I chose that life but other than that like I thought it was pretty good but I really was confused at the awards I I'm like, does everybody get an award? And if you know me outside of cheer or the podcast, I used to be a softball coach, played softball my whole life and coached my daughters at softball. And um, we were in this 8U or 6U division, okay? And everybody in 6U gets a participation trophy. And my team had been together for two years, so four seasons, fall or fall and spring. And start of the third season, I was like, we're not doing participation trophies this year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, 
you don't get a trophy unless you win. And you, you know, you got to get first, second or third. And thankfully, like all my parents were like, yeah, we agree with you. So the awards, it kind of brought me back to that. It felt like everybody got a participation trophy mm-hmm. and, you know, they, every, they must have a reason for it and that, you know, their reason works for them. But I am like anti-participation trophy, anti-everybody gets an award type thing. And that's just kind of like, it just reminded me of that. Everybody gets an award type thing. So hopefully you can explain it a little bit better to me. And I don't know if it'll change my mind, but it'll give me a different perspective. Yeah, basically everyone won their divisions, like not just all the American cheer teams, but everyone at the event. So basically what happens is it's already not like a super big event, right? It's not like the mm-hmm. biggest event on the West Coast. So it's already, a, you know, on the smaller side of events. It's definitely probably bigger than most one-day events, but probably one of the smaller two-day events that happened in California. And, you know, it's still early December. You know, not a lot of teams are mm-hmm. competing at this time. So on the smaller side of a two-day event, D1, D2, that definitely splits things up, right? So that definitely splits things up already. And then on top of that, there was you could choose what score sheet you wanted to be on. Right. And so right now there's the USASF score sheet and there's the United score sheet. Right. So we typically do the United score sheet at all of our events, formerly known as the varsity score sheet. And then the USASF has their own score sheet. So then you could choose what score sheet you wanted to be on. And because of that, depending on what score sheet you picked, it split you into your own division. So let's say there were two junior two teams, but junior blue decided. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry, can I stop you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't want to forget about this. Mm-hmm. Is that why there was a junior two and then a junior two A division? I think that's what it was because there's no way they split okay. it because there was more than whatever teams. I think it's because, well, I'm not sure who was in the other division. So, but that's what I'm guessing is that they were announcing okay. like a USASF winner and an, and a like a United score sheet winner, or I forgot what the other, what they called okay. the other one. But yeah, but they would split if junior two, if we decided to be on the United and the other junior two decided to be on the USASF, then we got split into two divisions, right? Into two mm-hmm. different divisions. So, you know, it's a smaller event plus D1, D2, plus the score sheet you want to be on. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, got it gets really, really thin at that point. And so I think that's the only, you know, I talked to our staff about, hey, is there anything that you guys that we learned from this event in general, mm-hmm. any feedback we want to give? And I was just talking in general. It could be about the competition specifically. It could be about, hey, something we need to do better as a staff. Hey, we need to make sure that we bring three speakers next time we go to an event. Oh, we need to make sure we do this. Oh, next time, whatever. So one of the first things was, you know, it's, you know, the, the divisions were thin, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that we all want to compete, you know? And so this isn't anything in WCC. They're just trying to do their best to accommodate their different clientele with USASF and United, right? I understand yeah. that. But at the, you know, in general, I think that coaches want to compete Mm -hmm. and families want to compete, you know, and go out there and and see how they match up. So that was that. What anything else you want to recap on with that? Well, that definitely makes sense to me because the kids look things up. The kids talk parents, other you know, parents look things up and they tell their kids and, you know, all all around. So I remember we were driving from our camp spot, which if you haven't, I highly suggest it. Very nice to the event, which is just, you know, like three minutes down the road. And um, 
them, the girls had said, you know, we're not going against anybody. And I not trying to be rude, but I'm so tired of hearing that, whether it's from parents or from athletes, like, and I explained it to my girls, you guys, things, people uh, sign up for a competition late and Mm -hmm. we don't sign up for competitions late. So, you know, we can sign up in October for this competition and somebody can sign up, you know, three weeks before this competition. So we can't predict who's going to be there. And like, wouldn't you hate it if you were like, oh yeah, you have this weekend off. And then a week before your coaches are like, oh, no, we're competing because we have competition at this competition. Mm -hmm. So that when I explained it to them that way, they really understood it. And I was like, you're not always going to have competition. There's nothing you can do about it. Like it is what it is. But with the splitting, I had heard when they did the awards was J2 division and J2A division. And I was like, what in the world? Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure it was not like the difference of D2, D1, D2. If that was the case, I would have been like, oh, okay. But I was like, why are they doing that? And, you know, they have to have a rhyme or reason for why they're letting people choose what score sheet they want to be on. Me personally, I I just don't like the idea. Like, I, I don't, I mean, this is our competition. This is what you're coming to. This is the score sheet you're using. But that's just my perspective. Don't change it because of me or anything like that. <laughs> but that's just how I feel, you know, like, I mean, it's no difference in, you know, I do nails. These are my prices. This is what I do. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to you don't get a pick and choose type thing. But obviously, they had a reason to do it that way. So when you explained it, it definitely makes sense to me. And a couple of the cheer parents that had asked me, you know, it's basically everybody gets an award. Now I can go back to them and tell them, you know, it could have been the score sheets. So nice to know. Just tell them to listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Attention, cheer parents. I always say this. If your athlete is going to maximize their potential, it takes more than just two days a week at their cheer practices. So getting extra reps in at home is a great option. At Tumble Track, the ultimate destination for top quality cheerleading equipment, they understand the importance of safety and skill development. Their wide range of at-home products are designed to help your young athlete perfect their skills and build their confidence. Give your child the gift of practice, progress, and passion with TumbleTrack. Visit their website at tumbletrack.com and explore their fantastic range of products and make your cheerleaders' dreams soar. Link in the show notes. I was going to tell them. (laughs) True. True that. I think a couple of them do, actually. There you go. I kind of feel like going here because you brought this up. So let's do this. Here's what I want to do because you brought this up. And so I'm going to go into the quote of the week. You brought it up. We're going to the quote of the week because it fits perfectly with what you said. Uh, You talked about the girls. You know, they they go, man, we're not competing against anyone. This sucks. You know, and it kind of it kills, you know, the mood of everything. Okay, here we go. So quote of the week. It's by Alistair McCall. Champions always compete. Even if they aren't playing their best, they always still give their best. Man, when I think about this, yeah, I know. I want to go out and I want to compete against other teams. I truly do. I want to see how we're tested against other teams. And when other teams are in our division, it definitely, it's definitely deflating, right? Because you you don't have that that same motivation that you do when you compete against someone. But, you know, there's going to come a time when we actually do compete against someone. It's not going to be like that all season, especially in a, in a popular division, right? We're talking specifically about Junior 2. 
two. It's, you know, one of the most popular divisions in the entire industry, right? Small J2, everyone has one. And so we need to view this as even it's a competition, but it's a learning opportunity for us to take to our next competition because we're going to go to American Grand in a couple of weeks. And I'm pretty sure that is the one of the biggest divisions that we have in our program coming up at American Grand. Right. And so instead of like being like, oh, we're not competing this weekend, like a champion mindset is that, yes, we're not competing this weekend, but we still need to give our best because we still have more you know, opportunities down the road. And we need to figure out who we are as a team so we can be better for our next opportunity. Right. And so champions always compete. And so I encourage coaches to really like embed that mindset into the culture of your program is that we are always going to compete. And I talked about this with Junior Blue the other day. We were talking coaches. This is just coaches tip right here. This is why these guys tune into the pod right here is make everything you can a game or a competition because the athletes are just far more apt to give out their best. There's there. Here's another good quote. A bored learner is a poor learner. Woo, that's another one. Meaning if they are engaged in the activity, if it's not keeping them like, you know, engaged, then they're not going to be able to learn and retain as much information. So the other day we were talking and I, we should do like these sprints for conditioning. Hey, you're going to run a sprint and now we're going to do the pyramid. And now we're going to, and it's usually the fire because of like space, we do the flyers and the back spots go first. And then the bases will go next. And so we've been doing that same conditioning for years. Sprint down, flies and back spots. Okay, now bases. And, you know, it's always trying to get the kids to go faster. Hey, go guys, run faster. You're not sprinting. You're not sprinting. So then finally, I decided to turn that into a game. And I started timing the athletes. And the athletes would go, the, the flyers and back spots would go. And they would run down. And let's say it took five seconds for them to get down there. Let's say it took five seconds flat, right? Then I would put five seconds flat up and then go bases. You have to beat five seconds flat. And then they'd come in and they'd be at, you know, 4.9. Awesome. The base is one. So the bases get a tally mark. And we were working on ankles specifically that day, like ankles together in our sponges. And so every time there was ankles apart in our sponges, there would be another like tally mark in a different area. Ankles came apart in sponges. And so then they're going back and forth trying to beat each other's time because at the end of practice, we had to do conditioning for every ankle apart in our sponges. But the group that didn't win the sprints had to do the conditioning, right? So either the it was either going to be the bases and the back or the flyers and the back spots, or it was just going to be the bases. So now I have the kids running as fast as they can, right? They're conditioning super hard and they're staying super focused on their ankles, right? And the first night we did this, we did it with uh, Senior Black. I never seen the athletes ever. We've been doing this for years. I've never seen the athletes run as hard as they had, they did that night. And I never seen them focus so much on like their ankles together in their sponges as they did that night. Also on top of that, I've never seen them have as much fun while conditioning. And so always competing, championship mindset, trying to be their best, trying to beat their teammates. And then we talked about that with Junior Blue the next day. And we were talking about trying to have fun. And I said, you guys will have the most fun when you guys are working your hardest, not when you're just trying to, when you come to practice just to have fun, we're not going to have that much fun and practice isn't going to be that productive. But when you come to practice 
and you're trying to work as hard as you can, that's when we're going to have the most fun, right? And so there you go. Little, uh, little something, a little out of order, but the quote of the week. And um, hope someone got something from that. Also, shout out to Sounds Like That, who hooked us up with that cool little say it louder for the people in the back. Uh, you know, a little do that, a little surprise for you, B. <laughs> Brittany, can you hear me? All right, guys, we have a little bit of technical difficulties. Brittany can't hear me, so we will get to a commercial break and come right back. And we are back. This question comes to us from Coach Lauren. Routine cleanup staff, original choreographer, guest coach with a fresh set of eyes. Great question, and honestly, we do all three. Lots of cleaning up from our own staff. We'll bring back the original choreographers. We'll do coaches swaps within our program, and I'll do video reviews for our coaches and our teams. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for a big event, I'd love to help you out. You send me your routine, and I'll send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D. Two, Summit Champion. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or on IG at Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Link in the show notes. Moving right along, guys. So this happened. I got an email. It's been a while. I got this email a while ago, but we, you and I haven't recorded in a minute because of Thanksgiving and then we had a guest on and, you know, so it's been a minute since I actually got this email, but I got an email and I'm going to basically read it to you out loud. It was, it was pro score email. Here we go. The cheer expo is excited to announce that it will use pro score at our events. Pro score is the most accurate transparent system in the industry. Our scoring system allows the judges the opportunity to truly evaluate the talent of the team through comparative scoring. Great news. You can compete at the Cheer Expo with any routine built on any scoring system because we use Pro Score. Man, what do I got to say about this? So, Pro Score, and I have no idea, it actually might be the greatest scoring system in the world. They did a presentation on it um, the week I got this email, and then I just totally forgot to go to. I got caught up doing something. I know what I got caught up doing. I got caught up answering DMs, not DMs, but it was on Instagram. You know, I did one of those little question boxes. I was responding to all those question boxes. I had too much fun on Instagram, so I forgot to go check out this score thing. Um, but it might be. But I think, I think the biggest problem, the problem that we are not going to solve as an industry is as long as there are losers we are not going to be happy with the score sheet. And I really, I really feel that. I think that as long as there are losers in the industry, right? A team that gets second, there, second, third, heaven forbid, fourth place, there are going to be people who don't like the score sheet um, because we all want to win and we don't want to take accountability for why our team didn't win. If you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say that a thousand times, right? And so I, I feel like this could be a great score sheet. Again, I don't know anything really about it, but I don't think the underlying issue is is it's the score sheet's fault that teams are losing. I think teams are losing because there's always going to be a team that wins, you know, or teams that are better, right? Um, and so, and, and another thing, let me say this real quick. 
I cheer did not make it into the Olympics this year, right? Squash beat us, guys. Now, cheerleading community at large, as long as we are fighting as an industry, we're not going to make it into the Olympics. I'm going to say it again. As long as we, as the cheer industry, are fighting each other, we are not going to make it into the Olympics. We tear our sport down every opportunity that we get, and the Olympics is not going to reward that behavior. And that is just real. So if we want, and it's going to be great. If cheer makes into the Olympics, it's going to be great for the industry and great for everyone involved in the industry. This is something that we would like to have happen. But as long as we are tearing down each other, tearing down the industry, fighting each other, we as a cheerleading industry are not going to make it into the Olympics. Boom. Said what I said. All right. But back to like losers and winners and just human nature and the score sheet, right? This happened the other day. We had senior blacks Christmas party or not Christmas party, Thanksgiving party, right? Friendsgiving. And we had a friendly game of laser tag. Shout out to all the moms, parents who put together those parties. You know, I thought all the parties were going to be the same. Like all three parties, well, that day, all three parties that day were at the same house, hosted at the same house. And so I figured it'd just be rinse and repeat that the three parties would all be carbon copies of each other, right? This team's in, you guys had this party. Okay, you guys move out. Now we're moving another team in. You guys have this party. Now you guys are out. Another party, right? But they are all three different, had three different themes to their party. Um, I can't remember what the first team did, but I know Junior Blue did the polar plunge and the coaches had to, coaches all answered questions and the kids had that they were up on like a forklift, not like a forklift. The kids were on a forklift, <laughs> uh, you know, like 20 <laughs> feet in the air. And if they got the question wrong or if they got three questions wrong, then they had to jump into the pool. Again, it's November, right? <laughs> And so the kids are jumping into the pool. It's freezing cold. That was fine. I thought the same thing was going to happen with, you know, Senior Black. And then Senior Black came in and they did laser tag, which was a ton of fun. So Ashley and I decided to play laser tag, right? And so the teams are split up. We have two different teams. And they said, hey, guys, they established the rules. Hey, guys, best out of three wins, right? Ashley's team wins the first round. Ah, my team wins the second round. Okay, Whoever wins this round is the winner. My team won round three. We're the winners. Let's go. Right. And we were happy. We were all good. We're all cheerful. And then the guy who's like hosting the laser tag thing, he goes, well, let's let's just do one more game. Okay. So we played one more game. Then Ashley's team won. Now it's tied 2-2. Now, of course, when it's tied 2-2, we got to play another game. Now it's tied 2-2. Ashley's team wins again. Right. Now, when we won, when we first originally won, when we were up 2-1 and we thought we won, we're celebrating, we're singing, right? We're singing, we are the champions, and we're just, we're all all about it. Then they go, we're going to play again. We're like, all right, we'll give you that smoke one more time. Let's go. And so we go and we lose, and then we lose again. And all of a sudden, their team's the winner. They're, they won, you know, three games to two. And all the kids on my team are now complaining about, the rules and how this was unfair and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I just thought to myself, human nature right there. They weren't complaining at all when we won, you know, two to one. We were up to one. They didn't complain at all. We're the champions singing, gloating, you know, on their high horse. 
when we end up losing, all of a sudden it was, oh, well, we won the first, you know, we won the first time. We shouldn't have done this. We should have had that same energy the first time. So that's just human nature. As long as teams are losing, there's going to be people complaining about the rules and the score sheets, right? We all love the score sheet when it goes our way. We all hate the score sheet when it's not going our way. So I don't think we're going to solve the problem, but, you know, we can keep trying, I guess. Anyway, B, anything you want to add on now that you're back? <laughs> No, but I do agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. I saw something on one of the parents' pages the other day, and I thought I took a screenshot of it, but I guess I didn't. It was pretty much the same thing. Day one, the other team had a little issue, and their, her, this mom's team was in first place, and the next day, her team had an issue, and the other team ended up winning. But it's totally true. Like, there is... I'm just going to be quiet, because I'm going to end up going <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, but no, it, it it is that everybody, not everybody's going to be always happy about the outcome of things. And that is just life. So there you go. It kind of goes into that quote I said the other day about don't accept things in victory. You would not accept in defeat. Like, I just want people to keep the same energy, right? If you liked it, if the score sheet's good with you when you win, then the score sheet needs to be good with you when you lose. Like, it just is what it is. So, you know, I have my complaints about the score sheet. You guys hear me talk about it. You know, I've talked about it before. But in general, it is what it is. It's the score sheet that we're on. Deal with it. Make your teams better. Play according to the rules. You know, figure out how to be the best coach on the score sheet when they change it next year. Then, you know, adjust to it. But, you know, I don't think it's good. Oh, I got an email from a USASF. So all USASF coaches should have gotten the same emails, a poll asking our thoughts on the rules. And so one, I encourage all coaches to go and take that because we can't, I always say this to our parents at American, or at least I used to, but there used to be this restaurant that I used to go to in Texas. And it said, tipping is like voting. If you don't do it, you can't complain about what you get. And so, you know, that survey came out. They want to know our thoughts on the rule cycle. Should it rotate every two years or rotate every three years? And if you don't participate in those polls and those things and actually have your feedback heard through the USASF or whatever governing body you would like to recognize, but if you don't give them your feedback, then they can't make the proper adjustments to make the, the industry a better place. You complaining on your Facebook page is you're just in an echo chamber and you're only talking to people who agree with you need to actually talk to people who have the authority and the opportunities to make change within the industry. So they you go. Last thing that I'm going to complain about last year, one of my pump up speeches was about the 300 Spartan soldiers who took on thousands of Greeks or whoever it was. I don't know. The Phoenicians. I'm not sure who they were, but right. The 300 Spartan soldiers, right? 300. And so it was one of my speeches. And then so then right before the t kids would compete, let's say it's Senior Red, we'd be like, Senior Red, what is your profession? Who, who, who? Right? Just like the movie. And now Top Gun is doing a 300 theme. So now basically I can't do that all year long because everyone's going to think we're stealing from Top Gun. But just be let it be known right now we had it first just so it's known so anyway let's go ahead let's get to a, a break and then we'll get back to our question of the week coaches if we're coaching all year long shouldn't we be learning all year long as well training shouldn't just happen in the summer coming up january 5th through the 7th of 2024 next gen is hosting a two-day skills business and leadership conference in beautiful sunny san diego california 
featuring keynote speaker Jeff Benson, friend of the show, Callie Ray Seitzer, my old teammate, and Sean Guzman, another friend of the show, and get that mid-year tune-up we all need to finish the season strong. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So before we get into our Sounds Like That question of the week, remember, B, we were talking about, <laughs> I was giving my hot takes. Yeah. We didn't bring that back. Jason's hot takes. And I was talking about, I do it, but I don't know why I do it. It's walking on the uh, inside or outside of, you know, of Ashley, right? Yep. So one of our faithful listeners uh, <laughs> uh, called me. It's adjacent. It's not because of cars running up onto the sidewalk. So she actually gave me the reason why men are supposed to walk on the outside. Is it the outside or the inside? I'm not sure what direction. It's the outside. The outside. Okay. Men are supposed to walk on the outside. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I know what side it is. But I'm not sure if we call it the outside or we call it the inside. So why men are walking on the outside. And she said it's because back in the day with, you know, horse and buggies, when the, the splash of the water, right, when it rained outside, and there's puddles. It's so the the man would take the water, take the splash of the mud for his woman. And I was like, ah, that makes sense. Okay, so now I will I'll walk on the outside so that so that my lady doesn't get splashed by mud. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> Chivalry is dead, people. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's get to the uh <laughs> Sounds like that question of the week, y'all. Sounds like that official music provider for the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer music. We have some good stuff. Junior Blue, we got you blue in the face. Anyway, (laughs) go ahead, B. I struggle with time management and using our short time efficiently. I get my elementary aged girls between 2.20 to 2.30, but we can't start until 3 p.m. Lots of stuff going on at the school, which I have tried to organize and change, but hasn't and won't happen because, of course, we are not a priority. I have practice from 3 to 4.30. During this time, I'm trying to get the girls to listen and get stuff done so we can move on. We have an exhibition coming up. And our time, our two time a week practices are running out of time. I need more efficient practices. Help. There we go. Well, let's hear what you have to say, Jason, because I'm interested in this for sure. This is actually very true. Our very first, we used to do coaches retreats when I was at PCM, like a, I don't call it a retreat, but like like a coaches conference, like an in-house coaches conference at PCM. And we would go to, I think we went to San Diego one year, we went to Vegas one year, and it was all the locations or everyone that could send staff. And then we'd go, and then our owners would have coaches, different coaches within our staff, like teach on different subjects, right? And so the very first subject I ever taught, like my first little mini conference was time management for practice. It's a true story. Time management for practice. And I did old school. I didn't have a presentation. I didn't have like a, a fancy presentation with like slides and everything. I just did it old school speech 101. Like I learned in college. Note cards, like right, right, like like 20 index cards with my presentation on it. And I would go and I would do it one card at a time. And I did my little presentation, right? That has been, and I took that same topic. And it was like the first thing. It's how I got into the varsity U circuit. I presented time management 
I did this little video. This is a true story. I did, I put together a little slideshow and recorded myself doing the first like 10 minutes of the presentation. Maybe not even 10, probably the first five minutes of the presentation. Maybe not even five minutes, who knows? But just a short snippet. And I sent it to the person who was booking the Varsity U, you know, talent, right? And so her name was Kylie at the time. And I filmed myself, do the presentation and go, and in the middle of it, like hip, like cliffhanger, I go, Kylie, if you want to hear the rest, book me on Varsity U. And I sent her out a little YouTube link. And like 15 minutes later, she said, this was great. Let's get your information. Let's get you on Varsity U. Anyway, and it's been like my staple presentation ever since is time management. True story. Now, here's the other true story. This is the third true story I'm telling you. Those index cards... I found in my garage not too long ago, or like two years ago, I found those index cards in my garage. And it's crazy how the speech really hasn't changed that much. I'm like, man, I still say that same thing to this day. And I have like this fancy presentation that I do now. And it's all, you know, that I did in 20, who knows, 20, probably 12 or 13. So 10 years ago on those index cards. Anyway, so shameless plug, I'm going to actually turn that into a digital course. I don't want to really do it till the summer. It'll be a summer digital course. So be on the lookout for that coming up here in the next couple of months. But I'm going to turn that into a digital course that you can purchase. So back to her question. She gets an hour and a half twice a week where they're athletes. And she just needs time, some time managing hacks and efficiencies. So when you're on a short budget of time, the one thing that I think you need to do first is make sure that your athletes understand two things. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you book a call at nextgenowners.com. That one, you have a very limited amount of time. Hey guys, we do not have a lot of time to waste. This time is very precious. One thing, I used to drill this into our kids' heads. I don't say it as much because I kind of feel like it's in our culture now. But I used to drill this into our kids' heads that time is our most precious commodity. Once we lose it, it is gone. We cannot get it back. It is, I used to say that a thousand times a practice, right? Time is our most precious commodity. Guys, we gotta stop wasting time and make them understand how valuable a second, a minute, an hour is at practice, right? So I think you have one, get your athletes to understand that time is valuable. And so if they aren't wasting time and there is, I read some book like, you know, the best teachers and the best coaches understand and get their classes to understand that, you know, efficiencies are really important. Like how fast we line up or how fast we can turn in papers or how fast we, you know, get done with water breaks. Like those things really do matter, especially, well, they always matter to everyone, but especially when you're on a tight budget, you really don't have any, any time to lose. And it's funny, I always say, and I've said budget twice now. I always think about budget the same way I think about money. Like we 
although some people aren't that good with money and they waste money, like we all understand, like none of us really want to just throw money out the window, right? And I think that we treat, we put a higher respect on money than we do on time. But really time, again, I've already said, is our most valuable commodity. So coaches need to treat time as such. And you really have to make sure your athletes understand to treat time as such. The other thing is you need to make sure that you have budgeted out your practices. What exactly are we getting done today? So when you're on a tight budget, as far as time is concerned, you need to make sure that you come into practice with a game plan. What exactly are we getting done today? And it can't, and not just a game plan for that day, but you need to have an extended game plan mapped out on what needs to get done in general over this next month and map those things out. So have a game plan for the day, have a game plan for the month of everything that needs to get covered, stick to your game plan, you know, throughout your daily practices, but at the same time, you make sure that you adjust the game plan when needed. So what, what I mean by that, like stick to it, but adjust it. So a lot of coaches will write a game plan out and then not follow it at all. They wrote it out and now they're just like, you know, they put it, you know, goes by the wayside and then they just freestyle practice after that. So you need to make sure that you adhere to, you know, hey, we're going to work on baskets. We're going to work on cradles. We're going to work on this. We're going to work on, you know, these specific things. And if I can be really specific with the parts of baskets you're going to work on, we're going to work on catching and freezing in our cradles. We're going to work on the height. We're going to work on our on our shapes, right? Be really specific with what you're going to work on with jumps. We're going to work on our timing. We're going to work on our, our pointed toes. We're going to work on these things, right? But then as you're going through practice, realize, oh, okay, like that was, I, I scheduled out 15 minutes, but that really took 20 minutes. And make sure you note those things down so you can um, make adjustments in the future and be able to you know make adjustments as needed to your game plan as you see the flow of practice going not that you're freestyling it but you know things just need adjustments for whatever reason oh i scheduled way too much time for this oh i didn't schedule enough time for this so i think that's um the basics right there make sure that your athletes have the understanding that time is our most precious commodity make sure that you budget out your each practice and make sure you have like a kind of an overall game plan of what you need to accomplish over the next several weeks. There's a really good, I don't want to say quote, but just something to know is that learning can only happen once forgetting happens. So you go to a party, right? Brittany, you go, you meet someone and you meet a girl named Jessica. <laughs> Hey, hey, Brittany. Nice to meet you. I'm Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Nice to meet you. You guys are talking. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I run the jump board at American Cheer. Oh, so do I. (laughs) That wasn't the Jessica I had in mind. And all of a sudden I realized that you knew a Jessica that you worked with closely. (laughs) (laughs) But you're talking, you meet a Jessica and you guys are talking and then you're talking about what she does and you're talking about her kids. You're talking about your kids. You're talking about all these different things, right? And then all of a sudden you realize after 10 minutes of conversation that you don't know her name. You're like, I don't know this lady's name, right? The only way for you to learn is for you to retrieve that name and then you get better at retrieving that name. But learning can only happen after you have started to forgot things, after you start to forget things, right? And so you have to like retrieve, you have to get used to, you have to create a groove in your head of retrieving her name, like making a path, kind of like the same way, like when you start, you know, you, you go on like mountain hikes, 
and you see that there's like a dirt path or whatever, it's just because a bunch of people have walked to and from that path a bunch of times. They've created, you know, a groove in the ground, right? Like a path. And so you need to create a path um, that recognizes, you know, Jessica as a person. But that only happens after athletes start to forget. The point of the story is athletes rarely learn something in one session. It takes several sessions of retrieval for an athlete to actually learn something. So anyway, so that that's why you have the game plan of a month or so of what you're going to cover. So you can cover topics multiple times because just doing it once will not cut it. Anyway, anything you want to add on to that, B? No. All right. Well, I guess we could end it right here. B, I know we had a uh, a review come in. Yes. So, guys, if you want to leave a five-star rating and a positive review, we'll read it out loud on the Let's Talk to Your podcast. So you guys show us some love. We'll show you some love. And thanks so much. You guys are crazy. If you don't follow us on the Instagram, follow us on Instagram. But anyway, B, what's the uh, what's this person saying? Okay, this is from Jordan Scolari. Sorry if I butchered your last name. I'm a cheer coach from California Spirit Elite. I love to listen to this podcast on Commute to Coach. It sets me in the right headspace while making me think about topics you guys talk about and how I can be a better coach. Keep them coming. Boom. Jordan Scolari from California Spirit Elite. Shout out to you. We really appreciate the love. We really do. You guys are awesome. Your reason why we do this. Keep sending in your questions. Keep leaving your five-star ratings. Keep listening. Keep sharing. Keep being you. Keep being you, (laughs) boo-boo. Five, six, seven, eight. We're We're out. out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.